Hi, welcome back to the Swell Shenanigans Podcast. I'm your host, Amanda, but you can call me Swell. Here on the Swell Shenanigans Podcast, I like talking about all things pop culture, social media, and shenanigans. And today we have another hodgepodge episode of just talking about a couple of things. Um, Funny enough, literally as I was getting down to record this, an article popped up on Twitter and it totally aligns with something that I was thinking about making a TikTok about. So I'm just going to make it into a podcast episode because what's the point of having life experiences as a social media content creator if I can't reuse stories for various things? (laughs) I follow Mel Magazine on Twitter. I love Mel Magazine. Uh, They are a uh, publication. They do some insane stories. Some are uh, very serious in topic or others are just like, what's the craziest thing that someone came up with when they were like uh, super high and took too many edibles and like write whole articles about it and like well-researched and all of that. And I'm obsessed with that content. I, I love that. So uh, Mel Magazine, I am not affiliated with them whatsoever, but I'm serious. You guys need to check them out. But this article from them popped up today, and it's called The Rise of the Pharma Influencer. False diagnosis and bad drug recommendations are now just a few hashtags away, research warns. Okay. And this totally fits in with something that's been going on with me lately uh, for sponsorships. So for those of you who don't know, I'm assuming most of you know that I am a YouTuber first and a podcaster like third. (laughs) I don't really know what's second, but it's probably not podcasting. (laughs) I'm a YouTuber and I do brand deals on YouTube. The only brand deal I do here is the one through Anchor because I distribute through them. That's it. But I get reached out to uh, me and my management get reached out to for me to do brand deals uh, on the YouTube channel. Uh, I only do integrations. I do not do uh, dedicated videos uh, for sponsorships. For example, I will not do like a paid review, basically like, hey, we'll send you this stuff for free and give you four grand. Uh, can you make a whole 10 minute video about it? No, I won't do that. Uh, <laughs> so I do uh, integrated sponsorships, which is usually 60 to 90 seconds in the first five minutes of a video. And I'm trying to make it very clear that this video is sponsored by uh, thank you for watching, uh, or thank you for supporting the channel, all this stuff. Uh, I put music over it. So it's very clear that you were watching an ad. Okay. So I'm not going to say the company name, uh, but in 2021, God, how many brand deals did I do in total? Now I want to do the math. I think there were some months, okay, let's say about six or seven months. I did at least four a month. I did at least 30 to, yeah, 30 to 35 brand deals in 2021 alone. Okay. And some of those were repeat brand deals for this one brand that I actually really liked uh, working with. Okay. Originally. And uh, I found my therapist through them, the therapist I still use, all this stuff. I did not have a problem with this brand for, for a long time. And then as I was finishing up my last brand deal with them. Like I literally just finished and I was like, okay, around this time is when they're going to start telling me that like, oh, if they want to continue it and do more and all this stuff, uh, because we had like individual brand deals of like, I did, I think I did two individual ones with them. And then they came back and they were like, Hey, we loved working with you. We want to do a three video deal for like a lump sum, certain amount per each video, that type of thing over the span of a couple of months. After the final one, like a week or two later is usually when they would come back to me and be like, Hey, we want to do another. And I was, that's what I was expecting. Cause like there was all this, things were going well. As far as I heard from their end, things were going well from like the advertisements they were getting from me, things were going well. And then like afterwards I was telling my therapist about it. Cause I told her, she knew I was a content creator. She knows everything. Um, and she was like, yeah, no, I'm letting you know, I don't know how long I'm going to stay here. 
and was just started telling me about a lot of issues they were having internally with how they were treating uh, their therapists and stuff. And I was like, ooh, I don't like that. And she was like, it's fine for me because of X, Y, and Z, but like, I'm just letting you know, like if things change even more drastically, we're going to have to figure something else out. And her and I, she's still my therapist. She has, she works with a practice here in California. So it's not like she was in another state or anything. So we still do like telehealth uh, therapy sessions and all this stuff. Um, But I was like, you know what, because of that, I'm going to start kind of pulling away. And we talked about that. So they never came back to me for another brand deal. And it wasn't like we had a falling out. They just never came back to me for another brand deal. And I was like, you know what? Good call. All of that. January rolls around new year. And I told my uh, new management, I was like, Hey, you know what, because of what's been, what happened and like what I heard as I was leaving working like with them, I don't want to like, if they approach us for a brand deal, I don't want to deal with it. And I started seeing that they started doing a lot of TikTok ads. And I was like, Oh, this is what happened. Okay. Cause I, I have been sent offers as a YouTuber that were meant for TikTokers. And like, I don't, I'm not going to share the names of the TikTokers that were mentioned and stuff, but the rates are dummy low for what they offer to TikTokers, like $300 for 10 videos for TikTokers. And so I assumed that they were doing that because they were getting cheaper rates from working with TikTokers than they were from working with me and other uh, YouTubers because I know they worked with Bunch. And so I was like, okay, that's it. Like, that's what that is. That's why they stopped working with me because I am too expensive for them now or whatever. I don't know. Their ads started getting really bad. (laughs) Um, And they started getting a lot of negative attention because their advertisements started targeting uh, young women with undiagnosed ADHD <laughs> and, uh, you know, kind of preying on that fear of, you know, being an adult with an undiagnosed uh, mental thing going on. Okay. I, I don't know what term we're using. I don't know if mental illness is the proper state. A uh, learning disability. Uh, I have dyslexia, so I usually just say learning disability. I was like, oh yeah, that, that doesn't work. I'm not a fan of that, you know, so that alone. Got a lot public publicized flack from journalists and stuff like, hey, this is really messed up that you're targeting uh, an app that has a pretty large young person demographic um, and trying to target them for, you know, preying on their mental health and then also offering uh, options for medication for these one 30 minute, you know, assessment. I was like, yeah, this is bad. (laughs) This is really bad. Like clockwork. I was like, I, I reached out to my management again. And I was like, if they reach out, I'm not working with them. Like, I I want you to know now I'm not working with them. And sure enough, (laughs) two weeks after this, these articles started coming out, they came to me with a $18,000 offer for some sponsored content. And I said, no. I said, no, another one came to me recently, which was BetterHelp. I'll say the name. I'm not working with them. I've never worked with them. Uh, BetterHelp, um, they approached me with quite a bit of uh, money. And I was like, you know what? I don't like it. I I, I was around on YouTube uh, when they were originally called out. God, 2016, I think it was 2014, 2016 time when that all the YouTubers were like, under fire and all that for working with them and all the uh, questions with their therapists and stuff. And I was like, I originally said no. And then I was like, well, hold on. Cause I haven't heard anything about this company in a while. They're still active. So I said, you know what, let me, let me do some more research on my end and then I'll get back to you, to my management. Okay. Cause I, I was thinking about it. And then I started looking into it more <laughs> and then like clockwork because our phones are listening to us. Um, I started getting flooded with TikToks from various users of BetterHelp who have used it. 
And most of them were not positive. And by most of them, I mean, uh, like, let's say there was 10, nine of them were negative and they were grossly negative, like uh, super bad. So I told her, I was like, yeah, no, we're not doing this. I, in good conscience, I can't do this brand deal. So she was like, yeah, okay, no problem. I'll let them know. Like, I totally get it. Like integrity, all this stuff. <laughs> Here's the other red flag. (laughs) And this is how the, no one can say like, oh, they just don't know about this or all this stuff with these brands. Apparently, BetterHelp has a webpage made, already made for when influencers back out of brand deals when they're offered them. I was sent a full on link with all of the reasons of why I should still work with them. And I was like, no, (laughs) that's insane. That's no, that's, that's, that's a red flag times infinity that you have to, you you know, no means no, including with brand deals. (laughs) Like I swear to God. Uh, So that just, that's what made this me think of this because again, it's the same. It's not the same thing because this is going to be talking about um, medical professionals being reached out to by uh, drug companies, but it's the same thing that I try to impose upon new creators and small creators, the like that when you start working with these brands, you have to know where your own line is and you have to know what you are comfortable with promoting, what your values are, what you, where your integrity lies and all of that. And you have to be the one to say, Hey, this doesn't align with me. I need to walk away. No, I like, and I know that's easier for me to say because I'm in a place where I make good money from just making content on YouTube and all of that. And so it's easy. It's, I don't want to say it's easy for me to turn down $18,000 because $18,000 is still $18,000 regardless of how much content you make. But you know, I, it's, I guess you could say it's easier for me because I know that that's not the only brand deal I'm going to be offered this year. You know, it wasn't the only brand deal I was offered that month, you know? And so I, I guess it's easier for me to say, you know, put your values over it, but it's just like, even if I took that money, the potential losses of one, my own peace of mind, I would never forgive myself if I kept continue to work with this brand that I now know I don't want to work with. If uh, God forbid someone got hurt because of like poor medication or something like that, like I, I would never be able to live with myself. Um, just from a business standpoint, potential backlash from me supporting either company further with all the stuff coming out and, you know, losing followers, views, X, Y, and Z. Like at the end of the day, I have to care about my own business before I care about yours and your business right now is fucked, you know, and that sounds crass and bad, but like, there's no other way to put it, you know, like I, I have a business to run, but I'm also a human being. And I don't have a PR team or lawyers to deal with my shit. You know, I have to deal with everything myself. And so I have to be the one to be like, yeah, no, we're not doing this. Goodbye. So, and that's the same thing has to go with every content creator and influencer. And you kind of got to weigh the pros and cons. And I hope that your own beliefs and integrities outweigh everything else. So yeah, that was the main thing I wanted to say about that. But I wanted to bring this up as well because I have familiarity with the medic, the med tech space. Uh, for those of you who don't know, I don't know if I've ever talked about this on the podcast. My dad used to run a medical device conference uh, pre-pandemic. The last one we did was in 2020 in January. And then he does a couple of cyber events now and things like that. Like that. But I pre YouTube taking off, I used to do the videography and editing for all of his events, I would film out all the presentations, and then I would edit them. And so I learned a lot from doing that, because I wasn't just zoning out watching them, I was actually, you know, paying attention to the talks. And so it was a lot of startups, a lot of, you know, things like that. Um, but there were talks of influencer marketing off and on with some of these things and like how you can 
work with uh, influencers in the medical space, you know, how that can help your business and things like that. So here's the Mel article and this is by, they, they hide the name. Okay. Lauren Vinapal. If you're on Instagram or TikTok, you're likely familiar with influencers hustling every type of drug under the sun. Now researchers are examining how pharmaceutical companies partner with patients who are willing to share their experiences with their followers and help give the drugs more credibility. I wouldn't say that uh, influencers hustling every type of drug under the sun. I wouldn't say that that's what I see. I do see people that speak about their own experiences with different medications. Uh, For example, people that have had, you know, long-term treatment for depression, anxiety, and things like that. They'll do like, hey, here's how this affected me, you know, and like the negative side effects and then all of that. Because there's just a lot, I think, especially for young people, there's a lot that they don't really tell you about you know, when you're with mental health and all that stuff, or you only hear about the really, really bad side effects, you know, like death and things like that. And you don't hear about, I guess, I don't want to say mild side effects, because I guess any side effect is still sucks. But just, you know, the potential effects of, you know, like do the cons outweigh the pros and things like that. So that's what I see. I don't, I wouldn't say that they're necessarily hustling, because I wouldn't say that the people that I can see are the ones that are being paid. Uh, This is a growing phenomenon, but there is virtually no research on it and very little regulation. Aaron Willis, an associate professor of advertising, public relations, and media design of the University of Colorado, said in a press release, it's going to help patients be better informed, or is it going to get patients to ask their doctors for drugs they don't really need? We just don't know because no one has studied it. I mean, I guess you could say that this is no different. Okay. I don't want to say it's no different than, say, pharmaceutical ads on television because obviously... Uh, when you have nameless, faceless actors that are just, you know, in a commercial jumping on the beach because they're so excited about this hill that'll help with, you know, their dick uh, from rotting off, but then also will make their ears fall off, you know, jumping around on the beach and they're so excited that their dick's not going to fall off anymore. You know, I guess that's one thing versus like a content creator or an influencer that you like respect and you like their content than telling you about this drug and how great it is. And again, we're talking specifically about pharmaceuticals, like things you have to go through your doctor to get through and or uh, like get a prescription for and not like weed. (laughs) I'm hoping that's clear. In order to set forward a research agenda, Willis and Marjorie Delbury, a professor of marketing at the University of Saskatchewan, reviewed 88 existing articles on current industry regulations and practices and parsed together information about the potential impact on consumers. In doing so, they concluded that influencers are the next frontier in direct consumer pharmaceutical marketing. See, that doesn't surprise me. I do. I I talk about this all the time about how social media and then therefore the influencer economy is still fairly new. And we really don't know how far it's going to go or, you know, how long till the bubble bursts and it's no longer viable or anything like that. But I mean, yeah, pharmaceutical, uh, I mean, we, I guess you could say that this is already happening. So yeah, that wouldn't surprise me, you know, people working with uh, influencers to promote their, you know, next new butthole medication. I don't know. I'm, I'm trying not to name actual medications so I don't want to get sued. <laughs> Direct-to-consumer marketing has been an issue ever since the 1980s when commercials for boner pills and Zoloft first graced our TVs. Willis and Delbury's paper argues that this, along with the rise of internet-aided self-diagnosis, has created a culture of patients who tell their doctors what is wrong with them and what drugs they need, as opposed to the other way around. And amazingly, up to 44% of doctors oblige these medication requests. See, okay. Ooh, as far as self-diagnosis goes, I mean, I'm a woman, so I'm, I'm, 
I have opinions on our healthcare system. Um, if you follow me on TikTok, I just posted something about uh, how they, I, I was stitched a video and then I posted my own thing about how they hid things to, uh, from uh, us growing up in sex education about pregnancy and the after effects of it. And even just the the realities of giving birth and how, you know, I, I went to every single sex education thing growing up. My parents signed off on everything. I was allowed to learn everything. And it wasn't until I was in a woman's studies class in college that I learned that you actually have to give birth to a placenta, like after you give birth to the baby. And it's like, there, there's just things that they just don't tell you, but I have to see an egg being fertilized 40 times, you know, like there's, Things like that. And uh, the more, the older I get, and the more I have to deal with like the medical industry with drugs or tests or whatever, and just the realities of being a, a woman with a uterus, you know? The medical industry sucks. <laughs> It really sucks. God, is, the, is it the class action for the IUDs? I, I will never get an IUD because of this. Okay, yeah, so the IUD breakage, IUD lawsuits, which one? IUDs, they're so, they should be. Oh God, it's, it's, I, I, this is not the, okay. I would need a doctor. I, if anyone's a doctor and wants to come on and talk about, you know, the shenanigans of the, the, the medical industry, I would love to do that. Or we can make it a series. We can do uh, insurance. We can do uh, emergency room visits. We can do women's health, men's health, LGBT health. I, I, we can do a whole series of shenanigans on the health industry. Would love to do that with qualified people. I'm not qualified to do that, but I will be a, a moderator. <laughs> and so that, that's not what we're talking about. But anyway, but my point with bringing this up is that, you know, self-diagnosis, even for myself, like I, like when I was 18 and got Bell's palsy and like a lot of my own symptoms of my face literally being frozen and other symptoms that were pointing to the fact that it wasn't a tumor and it was other underlying issues and all this other stuff, like were not taken seriously, partially because I was young, but also partially because I was a woman and they were like, oh yeah, women don't get this next Y and Z. Like it was all, it was stupid. It was fucking dumb to deal with. And they were like, oh yeah, here's this medication. And then I had to find out from my own self that like it, what my birth control wouldn't work on it and all this other shit. It's such a mess. And so a lot of doctors don't take like symptoms from women's or complaints from women seriously. And so self-diagnosis at a certain point kind of becomes necessary. And so I do think that there is a point where it is going too far and people kind of need to, I, I don't know, self-regulate. That sounds bad. But like, I guess second opinion is the best way for me to put it because you you should get a second opinion before you do any legitimate medical changes or anything like that. But yeah, I mean, I guess self-diagnose. Yeah, there's no, I'm, I know I'm talking in circles. I'm really trying to figure out the best way to phrase this because I do think that at a certain point, self-diagnosis is necessary. I don't think it should be the norm. Um, and I do think that TikTok in particular is making things a little insane. Um, but yeah, this article then goes on to talk about, you know, the Federal Trade Commission, you know, requiring that influencers, you know, disclose when ads are talking about. We did this in the last episode. You have to put a hashtag ad or hashtag SponCon or sponsored or gifted, whatever. You have to disclose that it's an ad. Ooh, I didn't know this. The FDA has done the same where people have to disclose that they are being sponsored when working with uh, promoting a drug. That's interesting. So this article goes on to talk about how for a forthcoming study, Willis has interviewed dozens of pharma influencers and is found that only a small number are paid to post, whereas others post in exchange for free trips to conferences or in some instances to sit on advisory boards. Jeez. 
That said, some influencers she's spoken to are advocates who are posting for free. Yeah, again, I do think there are people who just want to share their own experiences with drugs um, and how it affected them. Because again, so many drugs. I found this out from my friend who literally works as a chemist. She was like, yeah, no, a lot of, uh, they test drugs on uh, male mice for lab mices because female mice, their hormones fluctuate so much. You mean like a woman with a uterus? I... <laughs> My hormones fluctuate. Crazy concept. It'd be great to know what that'll do with various drugs I have to take to make sure I don't go insane. They all say they're really doing this so that other patients have information and can have a better life, she concluded. This is both value and risk in this growing trend. And like anything, it has the potential to become dangerous if we're not careful. Um, so that's the for the basics of the article, but I really do recommend Mel. Um, I really do adore them. <laughs> I love their publication so much, but yeah, I mean, I think with anything when it's new, there is like a risk, you know, with it, but also, I mean, yeah, see the FDA just got to get on it more. It seems like, uh, and just got to, I, I do think we're going to see more crackdown soon. I really do. And I think that, uh, the article also mentioned that they are specifically working with smaller influencers and micro influencers to fly under the radar more, uh, from FDA guidelines. See, I think all it's going to take is one bigger person to get too much attention on their drug peddling. And then, you know, we're going to see again, a whole overhaul. I really do think it's going to be like, like just one person. Just one person, maybe two, just enough backlash to cause a complete overhaul for there to be like legitimate change on like a legal level for guidelines and things like that. Like it's going to be like another, it, it may take something like another fire fest for them to have to start disclosing things. But I do think that there's going to be something like that in the coming years. I think that that's where we're heading. So that's the main thing that I really wanted to bring up with you guys. But yeah, that's going to be it. If you would like to potentially have your own shenanigan featured on a Swell Shenanigans episode, a listener episode, you can send them to podcast at gmail.com or you can send a voice memo to the Anchor website. Uh, go ahead and hit the little message icon and you can record a voice memo if you would like to hear your voice on a listener episode. And uh, be sure that if you are an audio listener and you want to see my cute face when we make these videos, uh, you can go and subscribe to the Swell Shades podcast YouTube channel. And if you like this episode, thank you so much for listening. Be sure to uh, rate and subscribe to this podcast. New episodes every Wednesday. And that's going to be it. Have a great day. Goodbye.